Some people become funny when they drink. Uh, my dad became uh, mean, very mean when he drank. He was, he was just broken. He was broken and he was mean and he was not the kind of person that you would ever want to be around. He was a man that um, never thought God loved him. You know, he was a mess. The memories I have of, of those years are um, really the physical violence towards my mom. I was afraid. Uh, I did what I was told. And that, you know, that's pretty much my life. I ended up with a concussion and in bed for two weeks because I couldn't see. I didn't go to the doctor, of course. I, I would be terrified to do that. He would have, that would have been it. I was afraid to tell anyone. The one really vivid um, night that I remember when I was probably in second grade was uh, my bedroom door was just right across the hall from my parents. And I heard my dad tell my mom to go out on the balcony and wait for him. When I opened my bedroom door to peek out, he was just across in his room loading his gun. And I was just staring at him and he looked at me and he said, you know, just go back to bed. You need to go back to bed. And so uh, I did. I uh, heard, I think it was actually two or three gunshots um, right after that. So we went into hiding. It was for quite some time. I actually don't remember exactly how long it was. I decided I couldn't take it any longer. I just could not. And a girl that went to beauty school here, she said, Jess, let's do it. Let's get out of here. And so we snuck out one night and went over by, I think it was, by Seattle somewhere. During that time in hiding is when my dad really realized he was at the end of his rope and uh, was just drinking and just trying to drown out all of the things in his life that just aided him. Mr. Leon in the Moscow community um, was, you know, he wasn't the greatest guy. He was uh, not nice most of the time, very serious, but he owned a beauty school. So students would come here, get their hair done. And so there were a few people from the Moscow Church of the Nazarene that would come in faithfully. Some of the pastors get their hair done. But in particular, there was a, a lady and her name was Thelma Gray. She knew that they weren't Christians or anything like that. And But she would always tell my mom and my dad, you know, God loves you, Leon, and I'm praying for you. One of the very first couple weeks that we were gone, Thelma Gray um, had come in and said, hey, you know, once again, Leon, uh, God loves you. And I think even a couple other people had come in during that time and said the Nazarene Church was having a weekly revival service. And this time he said yes. So he went by himself and, you know, walked down the altar and accepted Jesus into his heart. It was a miracle. Um, he quit drinking and smoking overnight. God just healed him. He delivered him. He was very loving, kind. Um, it wasn't even the same person. Totally, totally not the same person. When I first saw my dad for the first time after we had come back um, from being in hiding, he had bought me a, this beautiful stuffed white Easter bunny and gave it to me and told me how much he loved me and asked our forgiveness. He was joyful and had a smile that I had never seen before. Ever since that day, his life changed. He was one person one time and then 24 hours later, you know, it's just unreal. Whoever would listen, he wanted to tell what God had done in his life because he had never felt love and joy um, like that. It, you know, honestly, it seems like right after we became Christians, I mean, he wanted to tell the world. He couldn't stop. I mean, anybody that would come in, he would share with anyone. 
of course, people are asking him, wow, you know, you seem different. Oh, let me tell you why I'm different. And he would tell the whole story, you know, and he'd witness to them. And he would go around Moscow knocking on any door he could, sharing the gospel of Jesus. He was never intimidated by that. He was never fearful. He didn't care if somebody slammed the door in his face. They were going to hear the gospel of Jesus, you know. One of the very first things um, he got involved in was a children's best ministry program. Leon and Janice, they were both so hard working in inviting families to send their children to Sunday school on those buses. Whenever Leon was around, he smiled, he encouraged, he was welcoming, he was valuing people by his great big smile and warm embrace that said they they mattered and it was all about the lord and about the church and about reaching families this um is blaine manor apartments where uh, my mom and dad and i lived for a while after my dad came to know the Lord and um, was in the evangelism explosion program, he loved coming here and just going door to door and uh, sharing the gospel. If people wouldn't have uh, constantly who came in told my dad that God loved him, say they just never did that, the course of our life would have just changed dramatically. And now I have kids that are um, making a difference in the world and uh, an eternal difference and have a kingdom perspective in mind. And even after my husband passed away, the greatest joy I've had is being with them, watching them love the Lord, watching uh, my kids, you know, grow in the Lord, to see the legacy of the my grandchildren, you know, my uh, great-grandchildren. I mean, that is worth everything. When my dad had accepted Jesus um, into his heart, um, he became a totally different person. People in the community would say, if Leon Cover became a Christian, anybody could become a Christian because that the difference was so um, night and day. It was like if you knew him before to then seeing him now, like it was it was just a radically changed life. Um, the most radically changed life that I've ever seen. Powerful stories out there, and I'm sure if we made a video of several people here, probably most of us could say the same thing as to, as to how God, uh, we had an encounter with God one day, didn't we? Yeah. Could have been yesterday, it could have been 50 years ago, or however long, but that one encounter changed your life. It, it set you on a trajectory that was completely different than the direction you were going. And there's a lot of Leons in our community. Maybe there's a lot of Leons you know, in this congregation. As we looked at last week, how Jesus had that one encounter with uh, the woman at the well. And it changed not only her life, that one encounter, but it changed 
her, her community as well. She went back and said, come and see a man that told me everything about my life and yet still loves me, still forgives me. He's the Messiah. And her life was changed. And those in, her, in the community were changed, just like Leon in whatever town that he lived in. It wasn't just his life, but if you really pay attention to this story, his wife, his children, his grandchildren, in, in, those in his community, he made a difference. And he, it didn't just impact his life, it impacted countless lives. Because one lady by the name of, we'll call her Sister Gray, a sweet old lady who got her hair done, probably once a week, you know how that was in the 70s and the 80s, got your hair set, lady, you know what I'm talking about, right? But every time she went, she didn't go just to get her hair done. She went because not only to look pretty, but also to show Christ. And she made sure to tell Leon, you know, God loves you. He really loves you. And that one simple phrase repeated however many times and then that invitation to this revival and then he went and I don't know if you noticed on the tombstone there he only lived to be like in his mid-50s I don't know if you did the math there so he didn't live to be an old man you know I mean he lived 50 something years so whatever he was doing to live for, for, the, for the world and for himself however many years he did that he immediately turned and lived the rest of his years just as gung-ho for, for the Lord. Uh, it's just it's a great story. And it's more than just a story that we see of what happened to a gentleman wherever he's from. But that needs to happen and can happen. And in fact, I'll even say will happen right here in this community. Through this church, through you and through me this year. Because there's a lot of Leon Covers out there in our community. And if Leon Cover can get saved, then anybody can get saved. Can be applied to anybody in this community, right? <laughs> I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 5. You know, one encounter with Jesus changes everything, doesn't it? One authentic encounter with Jesus changes everything. And I want us to continue to look how Jesus engaged with people where they were, not just physically where they were, but where they were in their life. And it changed the trajectory of their lives. In a 24-hour period, you heard the daughter say it, in a 24-hour period, he went from being a hard-driving, abusive alcoholic to being delivered and transformed and changed into that man who volunteered for the bus ministry and always had a smile on his face and told everybody that he could about Jesus Christ. That just doesn't happen unless you have an encounter with the authentic man of Jesus Christ, Savior Jesus Christ, Son of God Jesus Christ. He will revolutionize our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your presence. We pray, Father, that in these few moments that we have here to engage in your word, that you would help us to have an encounter with you like Leon did, like this man that we're getting ready to read about in Luke chapter 5 did. Lord, we want that same encounter. We want that same 
revolutionary encounter that will change the trajectory of our lives forever. Or maybe if we've already had that, that we want to have a re-encounter with you this morning that will readjust the course that we've set for our lives that maybe is skewed from where you would have us to go. And that we would reset our course back to true north as we have a re-encounter with you today. Lord, bless your word. Bless our ears to receive it or to hear it. Bless our hearts to receive it and bless our feet to walk it out. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. You know, the day that you chose God, the day that you chose to follow Jesus, he began to form you for his mission. The day that you chose to follow Jesus, he began to form you for his mission. It doesn't matter where you are in life. Jesus calls you and I today to join him. He takes simple obedience and he takes faith in that obedience and then he infuses it with his powerful Holy Spirit to accomplish some pretty amazing things for him. And you know, in the midst of all of our daily lives, and I know we all have cares and worries and concerns, we all have bills, work deadlines and homework. We all have situations, we have the responsibilities of life, the day-to-day dealings and activities. But in all of that, Jesus is calling you. He's calling me. He's calling all of us. He's calling you that are watching on Facebook Live this morning. All of those that are within the sound of my voice. He's calling us to partner with him to impact our generation for him. He's not looking for the talented. He's not looking for the gifted. He's not looking for the strong. What he is looking for is people who will simply be obedient and can have faith to believe God for some amazing things. And when we do that, when we believe him for those amazing things, he then moves. He understands our weaknesses. He knows us intimately. And all he asks of us is that we follow him. And if we will, he'll make us, as we're reading here today, in our text, fishers of men. I want us to read this story of Peter's encounter and call to follow Jesus in Luke chapter 5. And as we read it, I want you to just imagine for just a moment that you're right there. You're one of the observers on the shore of Galilee, uh, of the lake there. and, And there's Jesus showing up as he did, and as crowds gathered, you're part of that crowd today, you and I. And you're watching this thing play out as Jesus pivots and has an encounter with Peter. Now, you know Peter. Peter is a whole lot like all of us. He's just a normal person trying to make a living. He's trying to make it through life. He's just trudging through. Except what's about to happen in his life that day is anything but normal because he had an encounter with Jesus that changed the trajectory of his life. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 is where we're going to begin. It says this, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, and left there, they were left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. 
So he got into one of the boats, and one of them belonged to Simon, which is Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he'd finished speaking, he turned to Simon Peter, and he said, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. And he could have stopped right there, but he didn't. Because then he pivoted and a little bit of a spark of hope and faith rose up. And he says, but because you say so, listen to that, but because you say so, because you say so, I will let down my nets. And so when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. The very nets that caught no fish the night before as they fished all night cast in the very same place that he had been casting those nets, now because of the word of the Lord was catching so many fish that those same nets began to break. And so Peter and the rest of the people in that boat began to signal their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And when they came and filled both boats, they were so full that the boats began to sink. It's a lot of fish. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. And so they pulled their boats up to shore. They cleaned the fish and they took them to the market and they sold them. And then they went back to the boat and they continued on with a lot of money in their pocket because of the fish that they sold. And they thought, boy, we are really onto something and we're gonna keep doing what we're doing because we're really making some money now. No, that's not what it says. Let me read this again. So they pulled their boats up to shore and they left everything and they followed him. So here's this group of men, and Peter in particular, because this encounter is really a story of Peter this morning, on this shores of the small lake town of Genesaret. What a pretty name, Genesaret. Doesn't that sound romantic? Oh, we're, I just live by this little town called Genesaret. It's by the shores of Galilee. Won't you come? I play my mandolin for you. you know? <laughs> and Jesus encounters Peter and changes Peter's life forever. Say that word with me, forever. It's a long time. Do you remember when you first encountered Jesus? Been a while back maybe for some of us, huh? Or maybe it's just been recently. But as I've said before, and I'll say it again, and I, I know you'll say amen to this, and I'm priming you, because one encounter is all that it takes. Amen? amen. You know, the crowd gathered, and we're in this crowd this morning. Let's figure that we're part of this. And and as the crowd gathered, and as they always did with Jesus, there was this very real sense of urgent desperation. There was this sense of spiritual hunger as they pressed into Jesus because you've got to understand that they were under bondage and, 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 and slavery and rulership under the hard hand of the Roman government. It was not a happy time there. They were not an exclusive country where they could do what they wanted. They were under control of another. And so they kind of had to watch their step, and there was a lot of... Looking for the Messiah, there was about 400 years of silence from the last time that someone 
said in the Old Testament that there would be a man come and he would be a savior and there would be a Messiah. And so the people were looking for that Messiah, but 400 years is a long time. <clears throat> it's a lot of silence. So there's this anticipation they were looking and here they come and there's this man who's doing miracles and preaching and doing some <clears throat> wonderful things. And so Jesus showed up and as there was this hunger, there was this long and there was this anticipation, you know, that Peter was probably feeling the same thing. And still going through the motions of trying to make a living and provide for his family. Pay the bills. Just do life. As difficult as it was. So Jesus looked at the situation. Here comes the crowd. And he, they began to press in. And he realized that there was no firm, nowhere for him to go this way. So he turned around and said, you know what? Uh, there's a boat here. And he understood the dynamics of water. And that when you get on water, it, it, it creates a natural amplification. So he thought, well, I'm going to speak. And my voice is going to carry. And it's going to catch all these people's ears. And I'm going to be able to maximize my potential here by getting in this boat. And, and so he looked and said, hey, can I hop on this boat? And Peter said yes. And I want you to think about this for just a minute. There's a lot of things we can unpack about Peter. So begin to put yourself maybe in Peter's shoes for just a minute. Peter owned the boat. He'd been out all night fishing. Peter could have done all. He could have. The boat was his to use as he wished. This particular boat. And also Peter's time was his as well. He could have done whatever he wanted to with his time. And he really needed to catch some fish with that boat and with his time. Because again, remember, he had had no success the whole night before. So Jesus, I really don't have time for you. It's kind of the attitude and this sort of thought that he had. is like, really, you're asking me now? Have you no idea what just happened? It's my boat. It's my time. And you're asking me to use my boat and my time? And really, on top of that, again, put yourself in his shoes. Peter was pretty tired. He'd been fishing all night. Now, fishing is hard work. Nothing leisure about it. It's not like, you know, if you've ever been fishing out on your boat, you just kind of cast on the line and you take a nap until the thing tugs. That's not what he was doing at all. That was a big old heavy net. He had to be strong. And he had a partner, and they're throwing that big old heavy net out. Bringing it in. Throwing it out. And bringing it in. Throwing it out. And bringing it in. And every day he's doing that same thing, and then they had to... Chase after the catches because maybe the fish is not here, so maybe they're over there. So they're running all around the lake, and then they're having to clean the nets because you pick up more than fish when you throw a net in the water. It's cleaning out the nets every day, cleaning off the deck from the catch, bringing all that fish to market in good weather, in bad weather, 24-7, 12 months out of the year, no matter if it's warm sun beaten down, no matter if it's cold and you're freezing, you've got to make a, lift, a living for your family. It's hard blue-collar work fishing is. Peter was exhausted. He was stressed. He was anxious. And in that place where Peter just came from that failure of an experience, here comes Jesus turning and making a request to him. It seems like Jesus probably could have had better timing on that. So as we're imagining for just a moment being in Peter's shoes, you've worked this long shift all night with no successful catch. You feel the financial strain mounting as you know that you need to make money to keep up the boat, to pay for the dock time, and all while the bills are piling up at home. And you've got to, you got to, you got to keep going. 
Something has to give. You're getting discouraged. You're ready to quit. And you decide to cut your losses, head back to shore. All Peter wanted to do was to go home. Just to grab a bite to eat. Crawl into bed. And soothe his aching muscles and get some much needed sleep. Your legs are aching. Your eyes are stinging. And you label your efforts as completely worthless. And then Jesus calls your name. You wince. Maybe you try to ignore him. Maybe you try to act like he wasn't talking to you. But you can't ignore the voice of Jesus. You relent and you allow him to use your boat. And so you reluctantly crawl back into your boat that you just spent the entire fruitless night in. Being reminded once more of the strain and stress and the utter failure of it all. But how can you say no to Jesus? And so you say okay to yourself. Just a little longer here. He's going to preach his message. He's going to do what he needs to do. And then I can get out of this boat. And as he goes off his merry way, I can go home and forget that this entire day even happened. But once Jesus finishes addressing the crowd, that's not what happened, was it? Once he finished ministering to the crowd, he turned to Peter and he said something that will change Peter's life forever. He said, put out to the deep and let down your nets. Now, what would you have done? What would you have said? Here's Peter's response, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm just adding to it because if I were him, this is what I would say. Really? More fishing? Don't you know that I've been doing this all night with zero success? I mean, that's what I'd be thinking. I wouldn't say it to him. Maybe I would have. I don't know. (laughs) Depends on how tired I was and frustrated. But it was at this moment that there was a moment of truth in Peter's life, wasn't it? Because he could have said, thanks, but no thanks. There's some boats down there. Take the crowd with you. I'm tired. I'm going home. I'm going to bed. I've had it. He could have. Absolutely could have. But he didn't. He absolutely didn't. He made a choice. And he said, at your word, I'll do it. At that moment of decision in Peter's life, he received from Jesus something that he would need for the rest of his life and something that we need in our time. And maybe you're going through this time right now. And that is the grace of God. That sounds like a big spiritual phrase, doesn't it? We think, well, what is the grace of God? I'll tell you what the grace of God is. It's his undeserved love and favor. How many needs the undeserved love and favor of God today? How about tomorrow? How about the next day? How about every day of your life? How many is thankful for his undeserved love and favor in your life up to this point? How many has experienced that in your life and that's brought you to where you are today? Amen? Right? His grace. That's what His grace is. It's undeserved love. We don't deserve it. His undeserved favor. We don't deserve it. But aren't you thankful that in your time of need, God will always meet us with His grace? Peter had heard a lot about Jesus before this point. It wasn't, Jesus wasn't a total stranger to Peter. He'd been hurrying through the grapevine. There's this man. And he's doing some miracles and, and he's making some waves. He's making it. He's a good preacher. There's, some, there's something about this guy. Peter heard about him, but he'd not experienced him before personally until this moment. And he knew that he was in the company of a great man. He called him master. So Peter, being completely exhausted, completely distracted, completely burdened down with the cares of life and the responsibilities of life, decided to pivot and say, 
even though I'm exhausted, I'm also, I'm also filled with anticipation. There's an expectation. At your word, Lord, I'm going to do this even though it doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. So Peter learned that day a valuable lesson about really his heart, Peter's heart. Also learned a valuable lesson about who Jesus was and who Jesus is. And really learned about God's kingdom dynamics and how his kingdom works. <laughs> and let me just kind of stop for just a second here because Jesus wasn't just requesting Peter to go back out and fish. He didn't, he didn't say, tell you what, I'm going to pay you back for the time that I spent on your boat by letting you catch a bunch of fish so you can get ahead on your bills here. That's not what he was inviting him to do at all. And if that's what we're thinking, that you've missed the entire principle and moral of this story. Because really what Jesus was doing is he's inviting Peter to a new place. He was inviting Peter to a higher place. He was inviting Peter to a place of faith and trust in him that he had never experienced before. And that's what Jesus wants to do with us in our lives today. I, I don't know where you are. Maybe you're just trying to make it through. I know the last couple of years in our nation and in the world have been a turned upside down sort of experience for so many of us and so many, in the, so many may be watching here today. But Jesus is inviting us today in the midst of all of the stress and the struggle and the anxiety and the fear and the, just the busyness and the routines of life and our homework and our deadlines and our bills and the season in our life, wherever we are, we're never, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be quite ready. We're never going to get to that place where we say, okay, Jesus, I'm ready now. You can use me. It's really never going to happen. It's got to be where we are right now in our situation that we say, regardless of our weariness, regardless of our failures, regardless of any exterior situations going on in our life, or the interior stuff of our feelings, our emotions, our discouragement, our past, our failures, Lord, here I am. Take my boat, take my time, take my talent, take my energies, take all that I am, my past, my present, my future. I give it to you. And at your word, I'll do what you say. He's inviting us to experience this radical departure from our status quo this morning. He wants to interrupt our routines. He wants to interrupt our discouragements. He, he wants to interrupt our weariness. He wants to interrupt our frustrations. And he wants to call us to a higher place in him if we'll simply say, at your word, I will do what you tell me to do. And these invitations, they have a twofold purpose today. And by the way, this is not just a, I understand this sort of message today, because he is actually, if you can just picture Christ standing here and speaking to you these words, he's inviting you today, right now, in your busyness, in your schedule, in your frustrations, in whatever it is that's going on in your life. Today, right now, he is inviting you to have a life-altering trajectory-changing encounter with him. Jesus is inviting you right now. This is more than just an informational message today. This is a transformational message today for those that would say, at your word, I'll do it. This invitation today is speaking to your heart. It's actually revealing your heart because many, 
I would say most in this place right now are probably saying, really, I don't have time for this. I'm pretty busy. I wasn't expecting this. Um, why didn't you prime the pump for me, pastor, and let me know that like next week you're going to be doing this and that way I can psych myself up for it or just not come next week or whatever the case may be, you know. But Jesus didn't do that to Peter, did he? Peter's just fishing or trying to and trying to make a living and Jesus shows up in the most inopportune time and really the worst time and makes an invitation to Peter. And Peter says, really? Can you do this next week? Can you just kind of warn me about this? I need to get my house in order. I need to get some things taken care of. How about let me take these fish to market? I may have really been looking for the... You can do any of that. Jesus comes in and he just kind of surprises us, doesn't he, sometimes? And today he's going, surprise. So how's your heart receiving it? It's revealing your heart. Are, are you willing to say yes? I mean, this is between you and the Lord. You don't have to out loud say it. Do you trust God? I mean, do you? I mean, do you really trust God? Do, do, do you want to take the time, the effort, really make that effort to believe that God can do extraordinary and unbelievable things if you simply yield and obey to him today? I mean, he's making that invitation to you just like he did with Peter. And you can say, ah, not today, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Or you can say, at your word, I'll do it. At your invitation, I'll do it. At the most inopportune time in my life, where it seems like that it would be anything but that that I want to be doing right now, I'll do it. It's, it's actually revealing your heart today. And so, Lord, work on our hearts and let it be receptive to saying yes to you today. Second thing that it is, it really... It, it brings an invitation. This invitation really is revealing God's faithfulness towards us. Because he will be faithful if you say yes. And he'll be faithful when you say yes every single time. Because our life needs to be yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. At every invitation. Because the invitation that God brings us is ongoing. I know this, that God's going to meet our faith and our obedience in him every single time. With himself with his provision, with his protection, with his guidance, with his supernatural works in and through our lives. That's what happened to Peter. Once Peter let down his nets in the very place that he had previously let them down with no success, he got this massive catch. What was the difference? What was the difference? What was it? It was by the word of the Lord. That's the difference. His promise. His grace, His authority, His power, all God's promises are what? Yes and amen. So at the word of the Lord, we do what He asks us to do. In obedience, in our weariness, in our confusion, in our... I'm not sure about this, but at your word, I'll do it. Simple trust in God can change everything. Peter no longer saw just Jesus as just this great man or this great teacher... But it's this long-awaited Messiah. I don't know if you caught this in the text that we read. But before the catch, Peter addressed Jesus as Master. But after the catch, Peter addressed Jesus as Lord. Something changed. Something changed in his heart. And in fact, he was so aware that he was standing in the presence of greatness. 
that he even said to God, to, to Jesus, away from me, Lord, for I am a sinner. I, I'm not qualified here. I'm not worthy. But instead of Jesus acknowledging Peter's shame, Jesus simply called him to higher place. I'm not sure where you are today. You may be even kind of sitting here saying, well, I'm not worthy. Why would he call me? My past does not qualify me. My experiences don't qualify me. I'm not talented enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not whatever enough. Neither was Peter. But no longer was Peter just a fisherman. He was now a friend of God. No longer was Peter just a fisher of men. He was now a fisher. I'm sorry. No longer was he a fisher of fish. He was now a fisher of of men. No longer was Peter defined by his past, but Jesus was now calling him to a higher place in him. One that, that Jesus designed for Peter from the moment that he was born. Peter's life would never be the same. From that moment on, Peter followed Jesus, and Jesus began to make him who he was created to be. And just like Peter, Jesus is doing the same for you and for me. From the moment you said yes to Jesus, he began to make you and craft you and design you for that mission that he has for you. And today is a day of reckoning. It's a day of decision. It's a day of saying, at your word, I'll do it. But Pastor Brian, I'm not ready. Neither was Peter. Pastor Brian, I'm not qualified. Neither was Peter. But Pastor Brian, Peter, uh, Peter, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to do this quite yet. Well, neither was Peter. At least he didn't think he was. But on that day, his life was changed forever. And just like Peter, Jesus was, wants to use you wherever you are in your life. You know, we seek first his kingdom and then we follow him and then we watch what happens. And it's, it's time to have an encounter with him all over again. It's time for us to have an encounter maybe all over again. Maybe you've never had an encounter with him. Today's a great day to have an initial trajectory, life-changing, trajectory-altering encounter with Jesus. But maybe you have had an encounter with him and it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago or more. And it's kind of either gone off course or it's just kind of, you stayed in port a long time, you know, not gone out to sea in a long time. It's just, you're just kind of there and you're not sure, maybe you're wrong, going in circles. I don't know. You just got so busy in, in life that you've lost the reality of Jesus calling you to a higher place in him. And musicians and singers, I haven't, didn't warn you of this before, but I need to ask you, and I hope all of you are still here, but I need you to come on back up while I'm talking. Just singers and musicians, as I'm talking now, come on back up and get in your spots. Because today, I believe, and this is for all of us, worship team and all of us in this congregation, all of those that are turning the knobs in the back there as well. I, I, I feel like that the Lord wants to ha- us to have a, an encounter or a re-encounter with him today. I appreciate, Richard, Brother Richard, what you said at the beginning. Yeah. As we opened up here today, and I say amen to that and I add to it that the Lord does want us to have an encounter with him, but it's got to be that we make that decision. Um, I hope that the majority of the people say yes to the Lord today that's within the sound of my voice and that we would, in our busyness, in our insecurities, in our feeling of lack, in our failures, in our 
struggles in our just life that we're in right now, that we would say, all right, Lord, the past is the past and there's nothing I can do about it. But in 2022, on January the, the 9th, I'm going to say yes to you and I'm going to say at your word, I'm going to make a difference uh, with the rest of my life and I invite you to change the trajectory of my life to what you would have me to do. Peter could never anticipated what would have happened to him that day. What began as an ordinary day became a day like no other. What began as an ordinary Sunday could be a day like no other for you as well if you'll make that choice to say, at your word, at your word, I'll do it. So I want you to think about this. And Jesus interrupted Peter's routine, called him to a higher place. Something that would have been for Peter in completely unimaginable. Let's think about Peter's life just for a moment. He didn't have any training. He didn't have any experience. He didn't have any other tool necessary to become the leader of the church that he was going to be in about three short years. I mean, that's huge. No, nothing from the outside that looked like he would qualify. But in three years, guess who was the one that spoke up on, on the day of Pentecost and led the church? The same man who's discouraged and weary and just going through the motions and trying to make a difference and just kind of all in flat, it seems like a lot. But yet Jesus said, how about let me make you some fishers of men and three years in the presence of Jesus walking and talking with him and, and with the power of the Holy Spirit launched Peter out to be the, the first leader of the church of Jesus Christ of which we're part of today. That one encounter with Jesus changed everything. Peter's life would go on to inspire and encourage millions. Throwing out that net in obedience to Jesus' word was an act of faith that would forever solidify his call as a fisher of men. And I believe that's where you are today. I believe that's where we all are here today. Jesus wants you to have an encounter with, with him. He wants you to have a fresh encounter with him. He wants you to have an encounter that will set you on a course to experience things in Him that you wouldn't have imagined just yesterday. This morning. Well, are we going to go to church this morning? Yeah, let's go to church. We missed last week. Let's go ahead and go today. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll go to church. You had no idea that you were making a decision that was going to change the course of your life, did you? Jesus wants to develop more of his life in you and me so that more of his life will be experienced in people wherever we go. As disciples of Jesus, we don't need to figure out what God's will is for our lives. You see, God sent Jesus, and now Jesus sends us. As Peter impacted his generation for Christ, it's our turn to impact ours. So, as you encounter Jesus' promise, to throw out your nets today and to become a fisher of men. And, and then you set out to engage with the lost, the good news. You're going to encounter, encounter more of Jesus' life. You're going to encounter more of his heart. You're going to encounter more of his passion, more of his authority, and more of his joy. So I invite you today, if you want that, to have an encounter with Jesus that's going to change your life forever. I want us to sing that last song. All your promises are yes and amen. I know some of you are coming out of 2021 thankful that it's in your rearview mirror. 
but those things are not going to stay necessarily there. As I said a few weeks ago, back on December the 26th, I believe that message that I shared, one of the things was I believe that we're in, a, in for an extended period of what we've experienced the last couple of years. It's not going to be siloed in 2021. It's not like there's some sort of wall that says COVID can't come over to 2022. All of the other stuff that's going on can't come over. All of the personal situations in our life can't come over. That's not how life works. But Jesus comes with us and he calls us in the midst of all that we're going through to a higher place in him. I ask you to stand with me this morning. We're going to sing this song and I'm going to pray over you. I invite you to come to the altar and to have an encounter with Jesus this morning. Trajectory altering experience with Jesus. We're going to sing this song through a couple of times. And uh, as we're doing it, I invite you to come to the altar. And we'll pray together. Jesus is inviting. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. You brought me out of darkness, you have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy, you're my help in time of need. Lord, I can't help but say, Your promises are yesterday. 
Corte. 